As a Nigerian, I weep every day because it has come to a thing that I see that Nigerians know how to manage crisis. We are good managers. We don't know how to manage, you know, prosperity really. Everybody will say, oh, we're managing. And the song that was written many years ago is still true today that Nigerians know how to suffer and smile. But in the true sense of it, I believe that what we're going through is eating us up. What we're going through has made us to be you know, a sort of species with a difference. If a Nigerian is standing in the midst of some other African um, nations, you know them. You know that Nigerian. Because it means, it seems as if we are so aggressive. And the type of aggression that we see has come about with a tint of wickedness. If you want to know how wicked we are, stay by the um, by, by way, by road, and you want to cross over when there is traffic. You are not going the same way they are going, no. You just want to go over. They won't give you a chance. We block everything as if to say, no, you can't pass. I want to go home too. The thing about it is this. When we do all these things, you just want to say, ah, is God aware of what we are going through? Is God aware? But I must confess to you that I haven't mentioned some of the things that actually we can see in Nigeria. Many of our sufferings can be actually looked upon as self-inflicted sufferings. When you talk about the economy, who brought it about? We do. We have actually done it. Why? In 1966, the military took over the government, uh, having staged a coup, because they wanted to curb corruption. Now, the ones that actually came to fight corruption promoted it beyond measure. Now, we have come back to civilian role and we don't know how to handle ourselves again. What we're going through now, I'm not campaigning for any party, but sincerely speaking, yes, Buhari has his own fault, but the blamer is on Jonathan, who did not govern us well. The main thing that is there again is that even as citizens, we know that indiscipline has eaten us up. How many people travel Ibada, Lagos Express? How many hours do you spend on uh, um, the long bridge after Ibafo to Baja bus stop? 
If you're not careful, you'll actually be there for about two, three, four hours. A very small portion of, 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 of the journey. Less than 10 kilometers. And you'll be there for hours on end. Why? Absolute indiscipline. And nobody in the um, for, um, um, law enforcement agency has even deemed it fit to send people there to help Nigerians to go free without hassle. The last man, last man, you know, road safety, they are there extorting money. You see them by the side. You take any way, whatever it is, just, uh-huh. If you want to kill yourself, go and kill yourself. That is Nigeria for you. And then we want to come and say, what is happening? Are we going to go on like this? Christians are there. I traveled through that place yesterday, and I thank God because I only wasted about 33 minutes. I counted myself so fortunate because I was actually thinking, hey, tomorrow is Sunday. God help me. But when we come to face situations that we cannot control, like natural disasters, terrorist attacks, kidnapping acts, injustice, incurable diseases, we see that when Christians go through these, we want to say, Lord, why? Why is there a God in heaven who actually is attending to the needs of his children? I want to say to you this morning, this afternoon, God is there and God is good. He has not shifted. He has not in any way changed his character. And as we continue to think about what actually uh, we are talking about I want you to note that we've been warned before time. We have been warned as far as what to expect in our world. In the book of James chapter 14 verse 1, James expressed this to us, that a man born of a woman is of few days and full of troubles. Hundred years, count it you see that it's not up to 50,000 days. 100 years. I, counted, I, I calculated before, but that is not actually my worries now. The Lord Jesus Christ told us in the book of John chapter 16, verse 33, that, hey, you are my disciples, but in the world you have tribulations. The only courage I want to give you is this. Be of good cheer because I have overcome. Now, if you go through troubles, if I go through troubles as Christians, as ministers of God, and whatever we are, then why will God allow this? May I say to you that reasons for God to have allowed this may not be totally known to us. Some may be known. A lot of them may not be known. But if God wills, 
we will understand it by and by. And I know that um, about four reasons or so I will give quickly. One is suffering comes with freedom to choose. Freedom to choose. Right from the Garden of Eden, they, our forefathers, that is um, our forefather, um, um, Adam and Eve, wanted to know right from wrong. They ate the forbidden fruit, and since then, man has been faced with that particular choice to do what he wills. But the consequence is not for man. I want to give you an example. You all can be termed Lagosians. You are in Lagos. You know what is happening. At the time when Barbage was Barbage, we were afraid of that glass house they call IMB. Uh, uh, IMB. We were afraid that one day that house, beautiful at that time, very beautiful, colorful, will be submerged by water. But what has happened now? They have driven garbage far, far, far away. Now, I think about 10 kilometers, they said. Huh? And everything is now land. Everything is sold. I think there is no, huh? no plot for sale again. Huh? Number one, we did it out of our own choice to drive garbage, to, to, to drive the ocean away. Huh? We did it out of our own choice to buy plots there. They have started building on it, and they are building skyscrapers. Wonderful. It is by choice. When the repercussion will start, huh? guess what? Don't blame God. Don't blame God. The Bible tells me that God has apportioned by himself the demarcation or the boundary of the waters and the boundary of the land. Is that so? We know more than God. Call me naive. Call me ignorant. Call me anything. Old school, whatever it is. I tell you what. I pray that our children yet unborn will not be the one to pay for it water will find, find its level. You have succeeded for now. For now. May God help us. Then again, God allows suffering to give us opportunity to trust him. He allows suffering. When we suffer, we tend to draw closer to God, but when we are at ease, we draw away from the Lord. As if we don't need him. When we are in suffering, we see that we pray more than when we are at ease, when everything is rosy, when everything is all right. Before you touch this, it has amounted to, you know, profit for you. That time, it is easy to forget God. But suffering brings us closer. And we see this also. In the case of Paul, Saul who became Paul. Now, Saul 
after he turned to be a Christian, found that he had a thorn in his flesh, who did he go to? He went to God. He prayed earnestly. Someone that actually will be preaching and the sweat of his brow can be touched with an handkerchief to go and heal someone. Huh? Became sick. He was actually having a thorn in his flesh. He called unto God huh? three good times. And what did he have? Ah, they put it there. And God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul said, therefore, most gladly, no, 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 before then, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's the paradox. We know that. But that is the truth. That we may be strong. And then, again, God suffers with us when we are suffering. God is there suffering with us. You know, Jesus Christ is praying for us. Huh? Praying for us. Interceding on our behalf. Then we are told that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with what? With much agony huh? that cannot be altered. Wow. That is the Holy Spirit. God. The Holy Spirit. And um, we see this in our lives and we say, Lord, help us so that we will not in any way just be counting on time of um, ease for ourselves so we will not derail. Then, you see, when Jesus Christ was on earth, the Bible says that he went about doing good. He was having compassion on those he met, not just pity, no. The word pity was never used. Maybe by other translations, I don't know. But by the translations that I love, he had compassion on the sick. He had compassion on those who are lost. Compassion comes from a Latin word, which actually means, uh, literally, suffer, suffer together. Suffer together. I think that is where we got empathy instead of sympathy. Being in another person's shoes. When we suffer injustice, we are not alone. God is there with us. You may be imprisoned unjustly, but God will be there for you. And so, you can actually be of greater help for those who are going through it. Then, fourthly, God's comfort is greater than our suffering. God's comfort is greater than our suffering. God knows the pain you have been having in your body. He is aware of your financial worry which you have kept from your family. He sees how your nasty bus is treating you. He understands the hurt you are actually keeping in your heart. He hears your, your heart's cry 
for a miracle. And I tell you what, according to the song that the choir, the church, uh, sanctuary choir gave, God says, come unto me. He invites us, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is a Savior telling us about the fact that we can come to him. And I pray that we'll do that. Then also, you know, when we have, when we have crisis, then we know the importance of people around us. When we have crisis, it is when we have crisis that we know who our friends are. And in most cases, you see that your friends are many than your foes. When we have crisis, family will run around us. Church will run around us. People we least suspect will run around us in order to do what? To share with us that which actually we may think we are going through, that we are not alone. You know, the Lord gave it to me one day as I was actually thinking about the word testimony. Testimony. If you're a Yoruba person, you understand what I'm saying. I'm sorry um, if, you're, if you don't understand Yoruba. Testimony. What actually does that sound like? Test. Testimony. You know? And before you can actually say, ah, come and listen to the test that I had. What has happened? The reverse has come. You have overcome that test. And then you say, look, oh, I was going through this some time ago. But now, praise the Lord. The Lord has done it. What a wonderful God that we serve. What a wonderful God that we serve. Then God can turn around your suffering for our good. God can turn your suffering for our good. And this, I will want to actually let you know, Bible characters who had tests. Joseph was a lad when he started having his own trials from his own household. From his own household. Children of God, if you, are from, if you are from a polygamous home and you are a Christian, I pray sincerely that you will not behave like the unchristian ones or non-Christians who are in the polygamous home. Be for Christ. And I tell you, when you stand in the midst of oppositions of your siblings, uh, your, your half-brothers, whatever you call it, uh, the law will protect you. Joseph was one of them. Sold to slavery. Imprisoned in Egypt. Light up, upon, you know, and things like that. At the end of the whole thing, what he told his, brother that they would, his brothers that they would do, they did. Many times over. You bow. You bow for me. God has shown it to me. <laughs> you bow. They bowed many times. And they were afraid of him. Because he became second in command in Egypt. And they needed Egypt rice. You know something? At the end of this whole thing, when their father died, they were even more afraid of Joseph. 
And Joseph told them in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You know, Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, my brothers, what you did, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for what? For good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. You really meant it for evil. You are evildoers. But God turned it for good. And you are reaping from the good now. What a wonderful way to see. What about Job? What do we remember concerning Job? Huh? We only remember the trials of Job. Is that true? When you have a book titled The Trials of Job, hardly have I seen huh, the victory of Job written. But the victory of Job can actually be found in Job chapter 40, 42. And then you'll see how God blessed this man. All that he lost, the Lord brought back twice of it. She, he lost 10 children, Abby. Maybe he had 20 before he died. I don't know. But the, Lord, um, the Bible tells me that all that he lost, the Lord doubled. Let nineteen his days to see many more happy days. God can turn it around for you. And he will surely do it. What thing that actually that made me so happy about this God that we serve is that truly he knows you. Huh? There's a song made popular by uh, Tommy Walker. Huh? Tommy Walker says that huh, I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in his hands. And then he says, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees the each tear that, that falls. And he hears me when I call. Do you believe that? That he knows your name? I'll tell you about a man written in the book of Luke chapter 12. His name was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, how tall was he? Not so tall. Not so tall. And this man was a task. In fact, the Bible says he was a chief tax collector. Not just an ordinary tax collector. A chief. Huh? Or should we put it this way? A thief tax collector. Not chief. Huh? Extortionist by excellence. This man had a burden and he heard about Jesus passing by. And he said, let me just behold his face. I want to know this man. I want to see him. To be able to say, yes, I saw him. But the crowd was much. And he had to climb a sycamore tree. And when Jesus got to that tree, he stopped. There was a man, Jesus Christ, moving but when he got to that tree, he stopped. And he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, huh? I'm going to your house. Huh? How did Jesus know the name, his name? How? You think he had met Zacchaeus before? No. Jesus 
He's the creator of all, of all things. Without him was nothing made that was made. He knows your name. He knows my name. And by the grace of God, I pray that when he will call me, he will call me into his beauty. Not to reprimand me, but to bless me. And that day, Zacchaeus looked, jumped down. Huh? You want to go to my house? May the Lord visit you in your house. Not just because you are suffering, you have no cover to spend, but because you need the Lord. The Lord will visit and the Lord will make everything wonderful. Ah, we can go on and on. Moses. Moses contemplated, uh, not suicide really. He, didn't want, he, he was not thinking about suicide. He wanted God himself to kill him. God, kill me. Be merciful unto me. Kill me. I want you to kill me. Because these people, to lead these people is hell. They make life miserable for me. Kill me. And the Lord said, don't worry. I know your problem. I'll give you many people to assist you. Call within the group 70 men. Leaders. 70 of them. I will breathe upon them that that which actually I've infused in you, I will give unto them too. God hears us. You know, there's a song that actually we sing. Huh? Um, I think it's about, um, it's not um, when, when, when we don't pray. Huh? What a burden we, sh- uh-huh. what a, what a we bear. What a sorrow we share. Uh, all because what? We don't exactly. We need to let Jesus, our friend, know about it. And he will surely do it. The last thing I want to say is let's read together from First uh, Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after we've suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let me give you some passages that you can go and read at home. If anybody is going through trials or whatever to encourage you some passages first john first john chapter 4 verse 4 first john is different from gospel of john first john 4 4 joshua 1 9 psalm 23 verse 4 the whole of 23 is actually good romans 5 3 to 5 Romans 8, 18, Psalm 27, 1 to 3, Psalm 9, 9 to 10, Philippians 4, 10, Philippians 4, 19, Psalm 146, 1 to 10, Isaiah 54, verse 17, Psalm 34, 
17 and 18, James 1, 2 to 4, Psalm 32, 7 to 8. And the one that I want you to actually look upon together is Matthew 10, 30. Matthew 10, 30. Can you put it on the board for us, please? And this is God talking. But the very hairs on your head are what? Are all numbered. Numbered by who? By God. As I said in the morning, I say it now. I've been married to my wife for many years now. I knew her, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 1975, uh, 73. We got together to actually be planning to be husband and wife, 75. From this time, from that time to this time, I don't know the number of hair on a high lead. But God knows the number of hair on your head. Does he care? Yes. Will he do something about your problems? Yes. What do you need to do? Call upon him in faith. May God answer you when you call in Jesus' name.